free kids workshops are back in stores at the Home Depot. On the first Saturday of every month from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., bring your little ones to a local Home Depot for a hands-on learning experience that kids love. Find more kid-friendly projects and kids' workshop kits at homedepot.com slash kids. For 25 years, the Home Depot has been building confident future doers with its free kids' workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Lost by last, US only. Well, hello. I am recording this from a hotel room in Coventry. And I actually have a towel wrapped around the desk with the microphone on it. So there you go, a little makeshift studio. I'm on tour with uh, Sarah Milken at the moment, so you'll have to excuse me. I know this episode is a little bit late. Uh, thanks for all the emails and stories about the Marcella Detroit episode. Uh, the best, <laughs> the best ones were from people that chose stay for either a wedding or a funeral, forgetting about the yeah better hope and pray bit. Uh, that was very funny. Uh, I got an email. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I think it went a bit awkward in the church for that moment. But uh, yeah, it's still a great song. Also, I have to mention one of my friends who will have to remain nameless. We went for Sunday lunch and he told us about how his brother used to pretend to be Marcella Detroit. <laughs> and would sing to a pillow in the bed. And then would make him wait in the wardrobe uh, again for that yeah better hope and pray bit and burst in. Uh, oh, people are bonkers. The funniest thing about that story is that... I think that doesn't come in till about two minutes into the song. So he was clearly two minutes in the wardrobe, <laughs> just sitting waiting for his cue. <laughs> um, anyway, remember to subscribe or to rate us or to leave us a lovely review. Lovely review on iTunes. Uh, seriously, we get loads of downloads and we hardly get any ratings. So sort that out, people. Would you walk out of a restaurant without paying the bill too? Would you? You probably would, actually, if you could get away with it, wouldn't you? Anyway... To meet today's guest, I took myself to a West End dressing room where I belong. And he was absolutely lovely. And what a seriously talented guy. He's just amazing. And really, he deserves better intro music than this. Hello, you are very welcome to another episode of Fascinated. Now, if you listen to the Francis Truffell episode, you'll know that there's nothing I love more than sitting in the audience of a West End musical. It's two hours of pure magic. You're entertained by some of the world's most talented people while you're eating ice cream. Hi there, hello. Could I get chocolates, please? Yeah, three fifty. Yeah, thanks very much. What's not to love? Well, actually, there's only one thing that's awful, and that is getting to and from your seat. I mean, we can admit that that's absolutely horrendous. Thanks very much. Sorry. 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 Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Thanks. Sorry. 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 Good, good. Sorry. 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 Oh, but everything else is amazing.
Now, unfortunately, Ireland doesn't have the musical theatre industry. We get the odd homegrown professional production, but usually it's touring productions from the UK that we end up seeing. Now, that means two things. One, the standard of amateur production in Ireland is very high because a lot of the performers would probably have had a crack at going pro if the work existed. And the second thing is that those who do give it a go have to leave and go to London. Well, my guest this week has done all of that and much, much more. Killian Donnelly is a Navin man and he is one of the West End's most dazzling leading men. And that's not an overstatement or an exaggeration there. He began his career as a swing in Les Miserables and very quickly became the talk of the town as Tony in Billy Elliot and Raoul in Phantom of the Opera. Before becoming a huge star playing Deco in the original cast of The Commitment. He then went on to star alongside Beverly Knight playing Huey in Memphis the Musical, a role which got him an Olivier nomination. now staring as Charlie in Kinky Boots and he is just brilliant in it but don't just take my word for it. It's great isn't it? It's just so vibrant and fun. I love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. But Killian Donnelly I've seen in Commitments and Memphis brilliant voice. The conversation kind of ended there because as you heard I opened my ice cream. Honestly, I actually didn't mean to record her but my phone was still recording from the excuse me's. But she's right. He is amazing. Have a listen to this. From a very fancy dressing room on London's glittering West End this is Killian Donnelly. Room number one, number two, two. we've established two of uh, the Adelphi Theatre in London with uh, none other than Irish leading man uh, <laughs> Killian Donnelly. How are you? Good, good. I'm actually what I'm trying to work out here is if this is dress room two. I think I saw Chicago here. Oh, years you would have yeah, the Adelphi, yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying to work out would it have been Ruthie Henschel or Ute Lemper that oh, was in this one. Oh, so this probably would have been the Velma character, okay. or who was the Billy Flynn? Because oh, if the Billy God. Flynn was a celeb, they probably would have gotten this. Okay, all right. Not to say I'm a celeb, but I but one the one below us is like three rooms put together. Oh wow! So we get this one. Oh cool! But it's nice. Cool. But I, I I I do like when you move into a dressing room and you you bring your telly or you get all your cards for opening night. But what I like is uh, I actually like sharing a dressing room. Because it's the whole thing when you're sharing a dressing room, you get the banter, you get the chats before the show, you get to see how everyone's day was with this when you're on your own you're kind of just sitting there going who am I going to talk to what are we going to talk about today yeah. <laughs> that's the depressing life of a stand-up comedian <laughs> that's why there's something wrong with us <laughs> but um, so tell me you you started Kinky Boots in uh, uh, we would have started July July rehearsal started the end of July okay so we did so you're six months into it now yeah 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 so our first previews would have been August and then we opened September, mid-September. So we've been up and run, running now about uh, probably about four or five months. I think we're at the halfway mark, somewhere okay. near there. And how are you finding it? When you're halfway through the run, what starts to go? Like What starts getting creaky? Your voice sort of gets solid with okay. the piece. So you start singing that stuff. But then when someone gives you an audition for some other material, that's when it starts going creaky. Oh, and it's going, right. Oh. Like if, if when I, I did Commitments around the corner and that was soul rock and screaming and stuff, I wouldn't be able to sing that right now because my voice has adjusted to this material. Um, Then I went on holiday there for a week and a half last week 
coming back, forgot words, forgot oh, really? lines. <laughs> Didn't forget moves, but words and lines. But the its and the theirs and the ises all left my brain. Oh my god! And you would just stop talking. I had to say a line where you didn't specify, and I didn't know the word specify anymore. It wasn't in my head, <laughs> so I was like going, "You didn't say what you wanted to say," <laughs> and it slowed right down like that. But everyone goes, "Oh, what do you say?" But it's because <laughs> it leaves your brain and yeah, something it just else got... happened. But when you take a break like that, do does somebody say, "Oh well, Killian's been out for a week." Uh... We'll, we'll go in and we'll do a, a run, or, or is it just there, you, you do have the option at warm up to run a few scenes if you want. But the thing is, like, the longest you can have away from a show is two weeks, and the shortest amount of time you can take is three days. So, oh. with that, I took 10 days, and, and it, it just you sort of get it. You, it's like putting on a pair of shoes, they just you slip back into them and you get the rhythm going again but sometimes a word does escape your brain where you're like oh, I don't know what I'm saying so you're, you originally started out in you're from Navan originally yes. yeah. uh, and it's really weird because I was doing a gig in Navan about uh, I'd say it would have been five years ago at maybe. the solstice at the solstice yeah. yes uh, I was sporting Tommy Tiernan oh, and when very I good. walked in the first thing they said was do you know the, the boy from the town uh, who's in Les Miserables and was I the don't believe thing. you. It was. It was the first thing that they told me, and I think there was a problem with the. Do you know what? They, if they were from Navan, they probably would have said Les Miserables. Le, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it, it could have been Les yes. Miserables. No. <laughs> and uh, there was a problem with the lights that night, and of course I made the smart joke of, uh, well, they said someone from the town is in the West End, but I don't think it's the lighting guy. <laughs> and then I was plunged into darkness for ten minutes because the board had actually rebooted. <laughs> so I got everything I deserved. But um, so did you start out in the am- on the amateur scene? Yeah, I, that's 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 where I started. It was brief, wasn't it? Though I mean, you were you. I remember hearing this guy is playing Pishtush in, uh, I think it was the Liberty Hall. Liberty Hall, it? Hot Macado. Hot Macado, yeah. yeah. Um, Directed yeah. by Pat McAwain. Yeah, the amazing Pat McAwain. The amazing Pat McAwain. Amazing Pat McAwain. <laughs> <laughs> Who is uh, he's phenomenal and. Uh, Oh my yeah, god, I'm telling a lie! Them. I'm telling a lie! Pat McAwain was the lead guy. Say it for me. Coco. Coco. Pat McAwain was the lead guy, Coco, and the director was Simon, Simon Delaney. Delaney. Oh my god, he will go nuts for years of saying that. There's been it 26 million Delaney. hot macados in the last four months in Ireland, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you're, yeah, you're right, because around the same time I did uh, a hot macado with Pat McAwain also playing Coco. Yes, exactly. That's what it was. Yeah, yes. getting all confused. Was that your first amateur musical? Or was that your first musical? The or? first amateur musical I did was was in Navin, and it was I was about fifteen, and it was Oliver, it okay. was Noah Claypole, and it was directed by the late great, amazing Brian Flynn, and he he sort of inspired me and nourished me and sort of like I'm doing Noah Claypole, do you know? I'm doing like three lines in a scene, and he would push me like go for this and really go for that. From that, he'd say I'm doing a job in Leak Slip. Oh, it's okay. Fiddler on the Roof I want you to come and play this small part and I'd go and play that small part and then he'd go right I'm doing another show here then I got introduced to the likes of David Hayes David yeah. Hayes was saying I'm doing a hot macado in Waterford I want you to come down and do that then it sort of built on that where you'd meet people through the Amdram before I knew it I was with Simon Delaney in Liberty Hall doing that and everything built but it wasn't until I did Into the Woods with uh, Christine Scarry and we did yeah that was phenomenal I but this is the thing everyone talks about that Into the Woods did you ever see the Into the Woods they did and I'd never seen it before and someone hands me the script and 
the lyrics and it's 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 known as a sun time it's not a contemporary yeah, yeah. it's not it's like oh well it's a sun it's time a sun, it's a different and i'm thing. going i don't understand that word what is the yeah. sun time so that became my favorite musical and we went to waterford with it and my names i was 19 and my name sort of got out there as have you heard this young lad killian he's he's playing cinderella's prince in, in into the woods but off the back of that i got the gaiety panto so oh, i got an audition yeah, for it and i got it because yeah. the the musical director Peter Beckett saw me in that and Christine sort of uh, like pushed me and stuff and I got that and that was my first professional job in Dublin the panto and I couldn't believe where because I, I the reason I did Amdram was I loved it I never wanted yeah. to pursue it as a career I just loved the social end of it we rehearsed Tuesdays and Thursdays and then yeah. closer to the mark you rehearse all day Sundays and you rehearse for three months and you put it on for a week and yeah. then your extension and it's phenomenal crack. yeah it's the yeah. best crack the extension is we're doing next Friday and to Saturday that sort of stuff yeah. we've booked the hall exactly. all that I absolutely adored and it just I sort of fell into it professionally but what has stood for me over here every job I get every interview I do they go where did you train and I go I didn't train and I tell them that story and that kind of in a weird way I always feel that kind of got me Les Mis because I did a sing for Les Mis I did the auditions but they did ask where did you train and I was going I didn't train I and I think it's that attitude of we like to get our hands dirty okay what you need I need you to pick up that chair walk across here in six beats and sing consider yourself yeah I'll do it I hadn't trained and I would just do it it definitely yeah. definitely got me um Billy Elliot the the brother because I I did the audition for Tony Elliott and Billy and at the end he did say to me where did you train and he's put it on all over the world this man and, and his name is Julian Weber and he's the associate director since the start and he said to me where did you train I, I felt like oh here, here's where I'm going to lose it uh, I didn't train and he loved that he loved that it was just something fresh and it was something new and it was a blank a blank slate so I hadn't got oh did I hit the B flat is, do I need to drop my job oh, okay. it was just it was just okay I'll do it yeah what you need yeah cool let's do it and it was that, really. So then how does that step happen? Because there's no professional musical theatre scene, really, in Ireland. Yeah. A lot of people train because they feel, okay, well, this is the way in, maybe, to professional Well, over here, elsewhere. people train and then they put on a showcase to which agents are brought to. Oh, right. So your showcase is one, one or two shows, say, on a Sunday, and it's put on in a professional theatre. And you go out and you sing your three songs, and the agents who are invited all have your names and your little biogs and your emails oh, so they right can contact okay. you. So it's putting it out there after three years of training, you get to audition for agents and then your agents but will get you there. It must be rare though to be, I suppose, a West End lead. I mean, I wonder how many West End leads at the moment have never trained. I know. Like, that's quite, yeah. that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm in a small a small bracket. I'm very lucky. But, it, but it's also that thing of where I, I moved over uh, just to work in a pub and have stories because it was just like, it was Ireland was in that uh, uh, during the recession it was yeah, and it yeah, was like my mum was like there'll be nothing for you here so why don't you go over to London and I was 22 23 and I was like yeah I'll go over there check it out for a year and blow my savings and just work in a pub and have a laugh and I was three months there and a friend of mine put me in touch with an agent uh, and then this agent called me and said we met him and he goes would you be interested in doing a few because I had an agent in Ireland and I was doing a yeah. few professional jobs uh, for about two years and I said yeah I'll be interested but the first job that came up was Les Mis the first audition and I got it then so it's just been 
In Les Mis, you were the third... Were you the third Belt John cover? Yeah, I was... So I started off as a swing, which covers all the ensemble boys. He's not yeah. on the stage. I, I cover all the ensemble boys. So when one of them goes on holidays, I take his track for a week. Or okay. if one of them gets sick, I take his track. So when I heard it at the start, I was like, oh, I'm not in the show. And I was always in the show. So, oh, right. So you're just expecting to go and sit in the theatre while the show's on. Yeah. If somebody's needed you. Yeah, you can be walk. up in your dressing room watching the telly. And oh then, wow! And but, but it's like so that sounds like an ideal job for me. Yeah, that'll I know. Be, be this is the thing. Perfect. You may not never. You may never have to do anything. <laughs> that just sounds ideal. Every job I've had, I have always said that the best job I ever had was a swing in Les Mis because that was my training. I oh, didn't play okay. one part. Right. I played ten roles, which were the ensemble boys of the students of Les Misérables, and I could take on different characters. And I knew when the cup would have to be moved and the chair would have to be passed to you. But then the next night, that could happen on a Wednesday night, but on the Thursday. I'm the one receiving the cup and then receiving the chair and walking off stage left rather than stage okay. right. So you have to know their whole journey from the start of the show to the end. And I always think of it like a tube map, the way the, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the lines yeah, are all gone. So you have to learn every line. And you do that across a period of four weeks and then you go on and you do one track and you cross that off and then you do another track. But we were always on because of the amount of people who would go on holidays or get sick. Les Mis was just always on. So I did swing for the first year and then in my second year, they offered me a part as for the students, a part called Grand Air. They said, we'd like to offer you Grand Air. And I turned it down. I said, can I please stay as a swing? Because I'm, I'm, I'm good. You, you need me. I'm, I love playing different roles, but give me more to do. Cool. So they, were, they loved that attitude rather than, oh, you don't want to be on stage all the time? No, I want to watch telly in my dressing room and then go and do one part and then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they love that. But I said, but give me more to do so from that I got a Valjean cover and a Javert cover and an Andres cover okay. and so that means there was extra rehearsals for me and I was 24 at the time I think and I did Javert for like a Wednesday two shows and then I did Valjean for 10 days and then so when you hear you know tonight you're gonna be playing Valjean I, I can tell you the story I was cleaning my bath and I was cleaning my toilet <laughs> <laughs> and I was in my dressing gown and I was cleaning the bath cleaning the toilet and the phone rings at about 2 o'clock wait a second you were, you were in your early 20s and you were living away in London you totally weren't cleaning your bath I was cleaning my bath it was, it, was, it was a state and I was absolutely cleaning the bath and uh, do you know when you're standing in it and yes. you're there with the shower head and you're there with the brush and you've got the marigolds on and the phone rings so marigold off hello hi it's Katie our company manager at Les Mis. and she goes hi how are you what are you doing I'm cleaning my bath do you fancy doing Valjean tonight? What? Do you fancy doing Valjean? What do you mean? Well, such and such is sick. The other guy is on holidays and this guy is, uh, has, uh, his wife has gone into labour or something like this. So um, you're on. So you. You're on. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. And this was at about two or three o'clock. And you go in, you get to the theatre. I bet the toilet was pretty wretched. <laughs> <laughs> So I cleaned the toilet again. (laughs) (laughs) But you head to you head into uh, the building, and they have some. They have the swings, the other swings. There's about five swings, so they become the ensemble to just get you through scenes. But it's amazing because you're on the stage, and the director goes, "What do you need to do?" And I go, "I know everything. I don't know how to tie the little hat on the little girl in Act One, Scene Six. Cool. Little girl comes out. We do that and do that." What else? I don't know when the revolve kicks in here, where I have to look off. Cool. So you just give your basic points and 
then you just are on that night. And, and is it, you know, phone call to Navin and then whole family decamp? It's a <laughs> to phone London, call to you know? Navin and she found out, my mom found out at about half four, I think it was. And she dropped everything and went straight to the airport. Oh my God. And bought a flight. And she came in for act two of the night show. So the everyone knew she was coming over. So the front of house staff walked her through and they had a seat for her. And she just arrived 10 minutes before I sang Bring Him Home. Bring Him Home. Oh my God. And it was, she was like in bits. And it was just, but it was a moment because you're at, you're in Les Mis and you're in the Queen's Theatre and you sit on this box and you've got the jacket on and you your yeah. your MD looks at you, gives you a wink and then you hear the intro to bring him home and there's only, there's two things you can do there which is either, okay, go for it man, this is your chance which I think is the wrong idea which okay. is, kill, just sing the song Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. just enjoy this moment. Not to riff, not to change it or anything. And I did, I just sat there and I looked at an exit sign, which I meant to look at, which is the God, which is God. And I was just looking at the exit and the words were coming out of me and I was going, E is green, the X is green, the I is oh, green. Wow. And now it's luminous. And then before I knew it, it was over. Because you just sit there and you just do it. And afterwards, it was... I'll never forget that moment because afterwards the MD came into my room afterwards and hugged me going like I know I'll have conducted Killian Donnelly the first time he did Valjean and I'll never forget he said that ah, because it was nice. like oh yeah. thanks man I really mean that and he goes no 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 I really think you're going to have a great career I was like oh, oh thank wow. you and it's just been it's just been lovely there's kind of a power behind uh, people that do swing I think and understudies yeah. I remember years ago uh, I saw this show called Black Boy yeah, it, it kind of flopped and I'd, I'd say there was maybe three rows of people in the Shaftesbury Theatre yeah uh, and the, I think it was the third cover was playing Bat Boy and yeah. I think his name was Tim Dryzen I think or okay. Dryzen and he was phenomenal yeah it was just amazing but I think it was like that he he was playing the lead and he was if you're third cover you don't expect to play the lead it is that but it was it was amazing it's that it's like you get to go on and you go, you, if you have the idea of, I'll get us through this show tonight and it'll be a good show. That's the right attitude. If you take on the attitude of, right, this now's my, yes, yeah, then you, won't, yeah. you won't, you won't have the support of your ensemble and all that. And especially okay, with something like yeah. Lame Is, that's what you need. When I would go on for Andres, he's the leader of the students. So I was second cover. So when I would eventually be going on for Andres, the students were with me because they're like, You'd you'd have your friends, and they're like, "Go yeah. for it, man! Go for it! You'll do yeah. a great job." And it's like, "Right, will you all follow me to war? Yeah, let's do it." But if you've the wrong attitude, they wouldn't follow you. Yeah, to the pub, yeah, but... yeah, forget it. And so, okay, well, I mean, things have really moved down for you since you know you you were a cover in, in Miserable. Like last year, you were nominated for the Olivier for Memphis, Memphis yeah, with Beverly Knight. I First know. of all, before we even get into your shoulda woulda coulda, I know exactly. I remember hearing that song. Day. Remember hearing that oh song, my God. and it was one of the first things I said to her because we met at the audition, and it was my second audition. She had already gotten the job, but they need to see does it click and does it work, yeah. and we have to fall in love every night. And I just went straight up to her and 
shook her hand and I said congratulations on the job she was like oh thank you very much and the loveliest person in the world yeah and we had to sit I had to do a scene where I had to touch her leg rub her leg and all this stuff but she laughed I laughed and from then on our relationship just like grew and grew and became the best of friends and even when she went left the show and went to do Cats and I left the show to do Kinky Boots we'd still text each other on our yeah. opening nights going thinking Aww. of you hope it goes well she uh, she came to my opening night and she was just so supportive and stuff and that's that's so rare from really? someone like as it's such a huge profile as, as, as yeah, Beverly she's amazing she's, like. but every night she would go on stage and the voice was just amazing yeah it was solid and it was like when you're witnessing a gift rather than oh she's she's trained and she's done her five warm ups and she just drinks hot hot drinks and all this stuff yeah. no she just she wouldn't party but she like she'd steam and she'd look after herself and that thought that taught me a lot about looking after my voice and using it as an instrument and using it as 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 it's everything do you worry? to you do you worry about your voice not so much anymore okay. i used to Commitments, I, I lost it a few times because of the material. Yeah. And I remember I saw an interview with Colin Wilkinson, and he's someone I've always looked up to because since I was 11, listening to CDs. He's in Avon as well, isn't he? No, he's Am Dublin. He's Dublin. Oh, okay. But he, he was like original Valjean, such a huge musical theatre head. But he, he did an interview with Gay Byrne, and he was talking about the size of your vocal tissue is the size of your baby fingernail. And that's what you're dealing with to look after it to maintain your voice so he would go out and party like in Les Mis I went out drinking every night and then you get a phone call you're off a Val John and you're like oh god so he, he says he would be doing JCS and he'd go out and drink and I don't know if he smoked or whatever but he'd come in and the voice just wasn't there and it is a thing now that I, I just completely look after because it's my mortgage it's it's everything yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean if, if, you, if you don't have a voice you can't work and when you find out you know when you get the phone call you're nominated for an Olivier you weren't, were you cleaning the bathroom that time or were you watching no. someone clean the bathroom <laughs> no it was the first time we were as Memphis we were feeling um, a lot of people were going Memphis are going to be up for a few nominations so you're invited to the announcements to the nominations and I was just there to see a Memphis picture come up and the nominees are and the Memphis picture would come up of like a still of something okay. in the show and it's the ensemble dancing for lighting Memphis and we'd all clap or something like that and it was amazing and it was cool and then I'll never forget when my face came up and it was my picture and it turned around and I was there with a microphone I couldn't believe it like it wow. I just lost and my mates all shook me yeah. and blah, blah, blah. but I've never seen I think it was something like 72 text messages when you turn your phone back on and you know when you see the number oh, the beside number, the text yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen and it said 72 I had to take like a screenshot of it because it was just it was just a brilliant day that I'll, I'll never forget people but I'll never forget everyone from Ireland from the Amdram background were just texting me going congratulations emails were coming through yeah. from someone I worked with ages ago and I'm going oh my god and I'd be sending back oh my god have you had that baby it's our third yeah. now or something like that it's been so long I just loved the, 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 the love and support that came out yeah I think it's kind of a rising tide in the sense you know because I think it was, it was a whole fair that, play yeah it's like yeah, yeah. Like he was this is he was doing this six years ago exactly you know, and exactly. yeah it's such a, it's such a but nice it was moment. always that thing because we'd always joke if you were if you were putting the, the seats out in the in the local hall for the, the show that night and someone wouldn't do it you'd always go oh there's the diva oh yeah he's won three Olivier's oh and four Tonys you, do you know what I mean because you won't put yeah. the chairs out so it was always the joke 
So for me to be there going to the actual show itself was just, this is ridiculous. You're walking a red carpet, like, and all this stuff. And it was, it's still, I don't believe, like, I had to go to the Evening Standard Awards, uh, 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 I think a few months ago, nominated for for, for, for this, Kinky for Kinky yeah. Boots. And I'm there, like, walking the red carpet. And I get, I get talking to Ian McKellen. Do you know what I mean? I'm just talking to Ian McKellen. <laughs> of course, and he as goes, you do. Uh, he goes, I saw it on Broadway. I'm looking forward to seeing it here. And you're trying to be cool. And I've never, I never really gotten starstruck. But I go to the bar, and there, right beside me, as I'm holding an award, I hear, congratulations. And I go, thank you very much. And it's Stephen Sondheim. And he's got his own award. And I'm going, what? oh, congratulations to you, sir. And he goes, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And we shook hands, and we got a picture. And... That was a moment where I went, that was a complete little full circle. Yeah. And the company that I did Into the Woods with were called Full Circle. So it's oh like it's like this God. it was this whole sort of this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. I'd never thought when I was in Todd Brothers sitting room auditioning for Cinderella's Prince that I would be here with an evening standard award with Stephen Sondheim. It's it's, it's in, a, in a relatively short space of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's just bizarre. What, where you go and at the start it was just oh I want to go to London and work in a pub wow. see what happens but cool I, I know they always say never ask an actor what they're going to do next yeah uh, so what like do you have any ambition or any plan or is there you know is there a music out there that you kind of go oh, god I really want to play that part do you know the only one I ever really wanted to do in Chase was uh, Tony Elliott and Billy Elliott the older brother because oh, wow. when I saw that I was like I'd love to do that because I felt that would change my career. When you've got that, there's no singing in it. So when you've got that, it's like, it's just acting. There's a little song, but it's not a musical theater performance. And I chased it and I got it. And that was the thing that really, the, the only one I really chased. Other than that, I put my trust in my agent and casting agents who go, there's a show called Kinky Boots. There's a part called Charlie. Take a look at it. Okay. okay. And now here's the material, audition and audition. and. It's like it's directors you want to work with. There's a workshop okay. that's coming up here soon, and it's like it was the whole thing of uh, the director would ask, would like to know if you're you'd like to be involved, and it's like I couldn't care less what the project is. I want to work with that okay. director because I'm always learning. I've never trained, so I'm always learning and always taking on. And I have no problem when when we did Kinky Boots. I was working with our musical supervisor is Steve Aremus. And he's done Wicked, he's done Book of Mormon, he's done all these big things. But the man just is every now and then just walking around. And I went to him, I haven't trained, I can't read music. And he went, oh my God, that doesn't matter at all. Don't worry about that. Do you know what I mean? He goes, I'll teach you the music, but don't. So it's not to let yourself be set back by that. In Billy Elliot, I couldn't do a pirouette. So in the audition, I went, I can't do a pirouette. And they go, don't worry, we teach you that. We just want to make sure you can do everything else. So okay. you don't have to be the best at everything. Yes, there is all There's a learning curve that's Absolutely, okay. there's a learning curve. Do you think it's because you didn't train that you're just less likely to be jaded? Um, yeah, probably. You probably. Know, you, I, you didn't spend three years doing all this in the hall I, yeah, for no I, reason, really. The thing is, I am the guy who walks in in the jeans to a dance audition. And I goes, oh, we're dancing. Do you know what I mean? So it's that. Yeah. Where there's guys with the, the leg warmers yeah, and stretching. Yeah. And me with the hands in the pockets texting. Yeah. So there are those moments, but... But it is, it is, it is like I, at the same time, I would have loved to have trained because it would just have me so much. When I walk into an audition, I'd know how to go about it better. I've learned the hard way from going into auditions and 
okay, no, from the first audition type of a thing. And okay. So there is, have, is there much? Have you had much rejection? Given the fact that I mean, your career has been pretty yeah. stellar. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know. like Les Mis was my first audition, but then when you're waiting for the Les Mis audition to come up, there was one for Lion King. There was one for Joseph because they all turn around at the same time. If they're oh, running okay. for a year, then it comes that they're oh, yeah, going yeah, on again. But uh, yeah, it was just. But they could look at your CV and go, "He's just come over from Ireland, fresh off the boat, type of a thing." Do you know what I mean? Yes, he's yeah. lovely, but not this year. Maybe next year, and you try again next year. Les Mis was just. I was very lucky the way they liked that fresh new energy, and yeah, just going in. What do you want me to sing? I called Andreas Angelus. <laughs> he's E N J O L R A S, and it's pronounced Angelus. And I was like, they were like, uh, what character did we give you to learn? And I was the, the um, Angelus, Angelus character, Angera, that's the one. So That's the one, good man. <laughs> um, so do, do you have any ambition outside theatre as regard film? Oh, yeah. You? I was lucky to do... Because you were in, you were in Les Mis, weren't you? I was the, in the Les Mis movie, the Les Mis yeah. Movie, yeah. Uh, but it was, and that was just, just bringing everything down. So whatever you do on stage, make it 5% for camera. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been so lucky with everything that's connected that it leaves a place for you to go. I'd love to do a play, or I'd love to. I'd love to go home and do something. I'd love to do something in Dublin. How has that not happened? With I, everything I, I'm that's so connected. I, well, I suppose you've just been lighting one off the other for such a long time. Yeah, it's you want your CV to be unstoppable. So it's like the saying is to be employed in this theater, in this in this business you need to be unemployed so we get contracts of like I got a 12 month contract for Kinky Boots when that comes to an end they'll go do you want to stay for another 12 months or do you want to leave and I will make the decision of either going yes I'd like to stay in this leading West End role or no I would like to leave so that I can possibly do two months in Dublin with a new play or two months in London's West End with a new play do you know what I mean or yeah. I can film this thing for a week available. but you need to be available because TV stuff has come up but I've gone I've to be in I've a 6 o'clock uh, call okay. at, at the theatre and they go right well we can't work with that so they go for someone else and that's just yeah, how that's it happens the it all the yeah. time Yeah, it's like if you're someone who's a big Hollywood star they are booked for the next two years because they go would you like to do this script we'd like and they're just offers 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 but yeah, I, 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 I've, I look forward to... I never have a five-year plan. I didn't know Kinky Boots or Memphis was going up. I didn't know what Memphis was about. So after Commitments ended, it was like, there's a show called Memphis, and it's pretty much going to be a, a big deal. Uh, I think you'd be good for Huey Calhoun. So here's the material, and go to the audition. And then that took off. So then I said, you just do your research when you get the audition, but I never know what's around the corner, and I kind of like that. And so there's probably going to be people listening to this, uh, I suppose, there are maybe in that situation where they are, um, say, mid-twenties, they've been doing Amdram for quite a while, mm. and then they're trying to make that decision. Because, I mean, I think that happens with every sort of thing that you do outside of work, mm. is that you, you come to a point where you have to choose. Because it, you think you can do them both in parallel, yeah. but then at one point there will become they'll come a crossroads. For, yeah. and it happens for everybody, I think, in Amdram, which is why people disappear or they take a shot at it. Yeah. Um, and what do you think is the best shot to take at it? For this, those the, well, the safest one is I think people look at my career and they go, "Well, he did it, so I'll go for." It. I was very, very lucky, very, mm. very lucky, and like in a way, I got in the back door of Les Miserables because I didn't train and I hadn't got 
the agent the proper way. And you didn't know the, the character name and you were in your jeans. And I called him Angelus and I was <laughs> yeah. in my jeans and I was texting. <laughs> but I hey. would say... But <laughs> when I was, you've got it, you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd, I'd done a lot of uh, professional pantos in Cork. I'd done... Yeah. Uh, the, the Opera House. The, the Opera House. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'd done um, like a Singing in the Rain tour in Ireland. You, you do the professional jobs that come around in Ireland, but eventually you get to a point of going, right, I need to, I need some training. Because when I was lucky getting over here and uh, my talent was good enough to get into the show where, but I also needed loads of singing lessons when I came over here. I, I sung for a musical director and he goes, you've a, you've a lovely voice and a very powerful voice. And I was like really cocky going, oh, well, thank you. And he goes, but your technique is terrible. You will last two shows. And okay. I had to go to do, paying out my own pocket, I went to this guy and he gave me six lessons of working with your diaphragm and dropping your jaw, the proper ways to sing. And that's something you get through training. And, and that's what would have helped me. So I'll always say definitely look into training first, whether it's a year or a three year course, because coming out of that, you're so much stronger going into auditions and stuff like that. All right. That's the best sure. way. And also it's like you need to go where the work is. That's why I went to London, because there was so much musical theatre. Yeah. Um, people go to LA to do TV and stuff like that for pilot season and stuff. They just yeah, move all that way. I've just been to LA and it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just amazing. It's there, so it's like yeah. it's up and everyone's very good looking. Uh, yeah, and also yeah. the thing is when you walk in, if you if you think of yourself behind the panel, I always say this to students: they want you to get the job. They want you to be amazing. I think with shows like X Factor and all these things there's a judging panel and they think they're judges oh, right, they're yeah. not the second you walk in they are all smiles and they are okay be amazing are you right and the reason you won't be right is because they go your voice isn't right or you're not the right look they won't be like okay you're terrible that's awful they don't do that that's just for TV okay but it's, it's, it's to have sort of confidence when you go into an audition that it's like okay I really want to get this and they'll be they'll be on your side and go where the work is you should definitely go out to. Have you been to Los Angeles? Yeah, I've been to LA. We did. Um, it's just Les Mis did there. the Oscars, so we we oh. got to go over and sing at the Oscars. Did you perform at the Oscars? Yeah, we did the eighty fifth Academy Awards, and it was cool. Wow! I know. I I even say that, and I go, "Wow!" Well, that was three. That was three years ago. Three years ago. Three year, three or two years oh. ago. Oh, wow. Seth MacFarlane hosted, oh, but we went gosh. over and we stayed there for a week and a half, and we did two days work. But it was proper. Everyone was beautiful and everyone was like, yeah. look how amazing my face is. And I was with my friend and we'd walk in and tracksy trousers and baseball caps that we just bought from yeah. the shopper and the <laughs> lids. And we just walk in and they're like, oh my God, you don't belong in this hotel. And we're like, yeah, we're staying here. You're staying in this hotel. Yeah, we're singing at the Oscars. And then we'd show them all our info and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Welcome. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. When have you ever walked into a hotel and go, oh my God, you so don't belong here, go oh away. Oh God, I was, I was there for a month there recently and uh, it's the, I found the relief that when you come back to Dublin, you're like, oh, I'm back among the mingers. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much better. But this is the thing, because when I land in London or I land somewhere in America, it's so quick. You're yeah. rushing to get somewhere and everyone's like, get out of the way, get out of the way. And I land back in Dublin at home and you're just, everyone's slowing down. Even the guys checking your passport. Like I, yeah. I had this lovely thing where, do you know those new passport cards? Yeah, yeah. So I got one of them, but they attached it to my old passport. So it finished in February and it's meant to be oh. for three years or something like this. And it finished in, it's finishing in February. 
and um, I got off the plane and I walked up to him and I handed him the card and he goes it finishes in February yeah why did they do that to you and I go I don't know I was thinking the same thing that's annoying that is that's really annoying <laughs> do you know and I was just like oh I'm home it's so beautiful such a gorgeous welcome that's annoying I'm with you kill come on get in there get into there, that island there you may go home there go home to your man <laughs> Killian Donnelly there. He is just the nicest guy. He's genuinely as nice as he sounds. I went to see a matinee of him in Kinky Boots and he just blew me away. He has this way of acting and singing from his guts that is just amazing to watch. So uh, mark my words, you heard it here first. I think he's going to be the next Hugh Jackman. He is phenomenal. Uh, if you want to contact Killian, he's on Twitter and you can follow him at Killian Donnelly. If you want to get in touch with me, at Garode Farrelly on Twitter or Garode at GarodeFarrelly.com. Check out the Fascinated Archives over on Headstuff.org. And also make sure you have a listen to their podcast. But also remember, if you've listened this far, you really should rate or write a lovely review. Five stars. Glowing. On iTunes. If you don't, I swear to God I'll call the guards. Also, if you're around on Sunday night, I will be recording a stand-up special for RT Radio 1 in the Project Arts Centre as part of the Comedy Showhouse Festival. Uh, it starts at 8pm and also I'm on with Fred Cook and Andreas de Stack, and they're both recording their own shows. My show is called Garode's Home Truths and it features the very funny Kathleen O'Rourke, the Oscar nominee, excuse me. She'll be playing my mother who is actually listening to me do a stand-up special on the radio. It'll be out later in the year, but you can save yourself the bother of having to listen out for it by coming along to the recording. And you can listen to me redo bits because I've accidentally said the F word. That's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of pickups at this recording, believe me. Anyway, uh, if you like this episode, you could also check out my chat with Tony winner Frances Truffell back in episode nine. And she was really cool. But in the meantime, don't forget, go and see Killian in Kinky Boots because he is brilliant. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Oh, and by the way, the ice cream was lovely. <laughs> My last one. What a smooth talker. Free Kids Workshops are back in stores at the Home Depot. On the first Saturday of every month, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., bring your little ones to a local Home Depot for a hands-on learning experience that kids love. Find more kid-friendly projects and kids' workshop kits at homedepot.com slash kids. For 25 years, the Home Depot has been building confident future doers with its free kids' workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Wasplas last, U.S. only.